Hi everyone, welcome to Hubshots, episode 38. I'm joined by my co-host, Craig Bailey from Zen Systems, and I'm Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. How are you, Craig? I'm well, Ian. Good to be here for another episode. And now, let me tell you what Hubshots is all about. It is a podcast for marketing managers that are either using HubSpot or considering using HubSpot. So if you fit into that, listen on. Now on to shot one, Craig. Our inbound thought of the week. By the way, only 146 days to inbound. So I know. It's getting it's, closer. It's getting closer by the day. We got under the 200 mark. Mm. Now we're getting close to the 100. And before you know it, we'll be in Boston. Mm. Sneaks up on you. And two more sets of speakers announced as yes, well. Yes, we have Laura Ricciardi and Maura Demos. Now, they're directors of Making a Murder, which is a Netflix series. Yeah, Making a Murder. It was a huge phenomenon, really. I, I actually haven't seen it. but Neither I, have I, but I'm going to go watch it now. I don't know if I will, because I actually heard that the ending is a bit infuriating, or some of the, just the really? way it unfolds. But what's interesting about it is that it's a story. It's, a, it's an yes. example of telling a story. And, and I was looking at... Uh, the blog post announcing it's going, wondering why they've uh, invited these two to speak. It's similar like to my reaction to Alec Baldwin, what's he doing there kind of thing. But it's it's on point because it's about storytelling. They're experts at it. They've uh, had a huge audience following as a result. And I'm sure they've got a, a number of useful points to, to share about how to tell a story. That's right. And I think people are looking to connect with stories, right? That's how we get our message across. And we share our experiences and our stories as we do that. And that's what people are connecting with. So I think that's it's cool yeah that'll be good and uh another favorite though the wizard of moz rand <laughs> rand will be there he's great so founder of moz uh big influencer in the seo and inbound and did marketing you know space yeah. he was the founder of inbound.org a co-founder right yeah that's right he and damesh got together and look at look at the look at the baby they've produced yeah yeah fantastic so i'm really looking forward to seeing him he's um i know he's been on the speaking circuit this year he's a good speaker he is it's always good to see so, will I give you another one of my predictions? Yeah, I'd love to hear one of your predictions. Also Craig. known as who I'd like to see as a speaker. Um, so, Daniel Goleman. I've just been reading one of his books, uh, Focused. So, have you heard of Daniel Goleman? He wrote that book many years ago called Emotional Intelligence. Uh, it was uh, yes. very widely read and received. And he's written one more recently, last couple of years, called Focus that I'm reading through. It's uh, and I've been loving your excerpts on that book through Snapchat. I have been sharing a few a few quotes on Snapchat. Yeah, so he's really good. He looks at the way that people learn and absorb information and how they can be focused on a task. You know, that's one of my kind of interests at the moment, how to yes. increase productivity in that. So he's very well read on the whole topic and he would have a lot to say. So that's that's who I'd love to see. Excellent. Now on to shot two, which is our HubSpot tip of the week. And this is something that we've just seen. It's new RSS to email options. Now, this is a pretty big update. I think it kind of slid under the radar, but it's actually a pretty impressive update, right? Yeah, they should be shouting about this one because it's a much needed, I will say, but it's a fantastic update. So this is their RSS to email formatting options in the RSS emails that you send from HubSpot. Now, for the longest time, they've not been editable in terms of the formatting. So Correct. just things like font sizes, colors, all that kind of thing that get included. You had no control over that, which I found extremely frustrating. I know a lot of people did. Now, Craig, I'm going to take it one step back. Yeah. What is RSS? Oh, good point. Yes. Now, I'm going to explain this. It's, it's actually a rich site summary. 
So it's often used for syndication. So that's to spread or people can subscribe to your feed and they get information. Whenever your information is published, they'll get notified and it'll appear in their feed so they can read it. Just another way to get to your audience, right? A lot of people probably don't use it or probably unknowingly use it. But it's there. So it's really important. And it's a channel that I think you need to look on your website and your blog and make sure that it's actually configured correctly. And now you get to format it correctly. (laughs) So I think it's a big thing. Yeah, well, RSS, I think it's used more often than you might expect. So any of the apps like Feedly that we've looked at before and uh, any of those tools that can read uh, blog feeds, they'll, they'll look for the RSS Uh, feed and so one of the common ways that we take that feed and share it with our audience is we might import it into an email that automatically gets sent out and so HubSpot's actually had that feature for a long time but what they've added now is actually the ability to format the way that the email looks so it pulls in your feed so in that we've got um, some screenshots uh, that will show how that's pulled in for example the HubShots feed itself from WordPress pulls that feed in and then you can see how it's actually formatted now so you can Correct. control the way that appears in your emails now this has been uh, i guess much needed and so it's really good to see like this is actually a big product improvement yes. so i'm really glad to see this i will say however it's still limited so one of the things that i'm a little bit disappointed is is that you can still only pull a summary from the right. feed. You can't actually include the full post in an email that goes out yeah. as other some other tools can. So, for example, I actually still use MailChimp for some sites because it does have that feature. Okay. So I'd really love to see that in HubSpot yep. uh, in the future as well. But apart from that, fantastic update and for 90% of use cases, this will be um, a really good improvement. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I think take take advantage of it and go and check it out. And if you haven't actually configured it correctly, configure it correctly. All right, now on to our other tip of the week. All right, so I actually just did want to follow up this because featured images are something that we like to include in emails that go out. So this is following on from the RSS to email uh, feature update. What's uh, A lot of people uh, have an issue where they want their featured image. So you've got a blog post on yes. your blog and it's got a featured image at the top and that doesn't get pulled through into your feed. So your yes, email which can be very annoying. Can be annoying. So you want that image in. And so in WordPress, that actually isn't natively included in the feed. So if this sounds a little bit technical, but if you know if you understand what I'm saying, it's because you have this frustration. If you don't have this frustration, then you can ignore this part. But the solution is there's a WordPress plugin called featured images funnily enough in rss emails couldn't be more descriptive add that plugin we've got that on the hubshots uh, yes. site for example and that's why our featured images go through and they appear in those emails yes. that get sent out from hubspot so a little tip there excellent that's a great tip so now that's that's a tip for people using hubspot as their blog uh, that's actually for wordpress as their blog sorry but WordPress. hubspot as their rss email Correct, so, yes. yes that's right whereas i think hubspot if you've got the hubspot blog the featured image will it's come already through there. automatically Correct. yeah yeah excellent all right and on to our shot for which is the resource of the week now this is something we talk about facebook all the time craig and Facebook has this 20% rule on images. So we're not talking about the text to image rule. And we've found out that it's kind of been relaxed. Is that right? 
This is right, because Facebook, that just to explain the 20% rule, what they had is kind of a grid overlay. And yes. if 20% of the grids, more than 20% of the grids had text, text in them, they wouldn't approve your ad to show on the ad network. Of course, posts, normal posts could have it. That's no problem. But if you wanted to have an ad that was promoted, for example, they would knock it back. Yes. Well, they've actually relaxed that. And now they're kind of saying the less text, the more reach you'll get. But yes. even if it's text heavy, they'll still show it on, as an ad. Yes. But it just might get reduced reach. Which is, which is really interesting. I was having a read through that article on John Loomer's site. And I thought that was really interesting. Like just the whole breakdown of how they're using this text on image to determine reach, right? It's just another way of skinning the cat, so to speak. So, yeah. I guess it's it's not really stopping people, just saying, look, if you do this, then this is what's going to happen. So, again, test and measure. See what works and what doesn't work. Like, I've had ads uh, rejected because there was too much text on them. But, again, it varies on the time of day you submit stuff and how you submit it and what other ads are going with it. So, just test and see what works for you. But it's a great um, resource, I think, for the week. All right, now on to the... A shop five, Craig, which is the opinion of the week. Now, we spoke about this a few episodes ago, and it's about ghostwriting because as we get into this world where we're creating content and we're connecting with people, we're creating micro moments, and we're filling these micro moments with the right content, we're looking for ways to fill it with the right content, right? And ghostwriting comes into a part of that. You know, we have people on teams that write write content for other businesses, write for ourselves, some write for for us some sometimes. So uh, it's a very interesting topic and we discussed this last time, but what I wanted to highlight, there's a response to that discussion. And um, one of those responses is um, incontently, right? Yeah, that's right. So just to recap, back in episode 31, we discussed this whole topic of, around an original post that was on contently Correct. back at the time saying, was it morally okay to ghostwrite thought leadership? Now, it's it's important the distinction there. It's not just ghostwriting normal informational pieces. Correct, it's yes. around thought leadership. And yep. uh, the writer at that time, she was specifically talking about CEOs and managers that have thought leadership written for them. So Correct. the point being that those CEOs have no input into it. It's not as though someone's just writing down the thoughts of the CEO. It's they're actually coming up with the entire the whole piece thing. and yeah. then it's being attributed to the CEO. And so at that point, she was asking the question, is that actually morally okay? And I remember when we were discussing, I was actually leaning towards her. Uh, I was persuaded by her argument, which is yes. I don't think it's okay, or yeah. at least the writer should get some kind of acknowledgement. Yeah. So, however, this week there's been a response, as you said, someone saying, well, no, it is okay. And so they, they kind of put forward a few thoughts and their kind of main thrust of their argument was well play to your strengths yes. so if you're a ceo writing might not be your strength leading and vision might be so therefore ghostwriting's okay and also just this idea that well a ghostwriter that's what you do that's that's your job you're writing you don't deserve credit on the 600 <laughs> post. So, so i'm kind of swayed back by that argument but however i think the distinction is uh, it's between capturing and editing someone's thoughts, which yes. I think is fine to yep. do ghostwriting. Whereas when you stretch that to actual thought leadership mm. and actually providing all that th Correct. thought leadership and handing, I yes. think that's a different. It is. I think certainly. I think the the line is slightly crossed. So anyway, that's for that's for listeners to decide. That's why we've put it in our opinion of the week. Something to provoke thought there. Yeah. Look, I. Uh, like, and I think I've told you this before, is that one of the things we do is we will interview uh, a business leader or the person that runs a business. Right. 
and then we will put together the content. So we basically extract the ideas from their brain and we take that and we formulate it and then we say, look, here it is. Do you like, do you, does this sound like you or is this what you would write? And that's how we get, we get it across. So we do that quite a bit. We don't just um, outsource a whole lot. But I think that that works really well because it really gets the heart of what that leader is doing and what they're trying to achieve in a business. Yeah, and I think that's totally fine and appropriate. And yeah. that is a, that's an effective and efficient way of, uh, of capturing their thoughts. And it's, yeah, it's a good process. So I think that's fine. Uh, and I guess that in the original article, that, that's more what they had in mind rather than the whole kind of outsource everything, no connection. All right, now on to shot six, Craig. And this is the internet trend of the week. And this is from Mary Meeker's State of the Internet Report for 2016. We picked a few things out last week. Now there's about 200 slides on this report. So we could be picking things off this for a long time to come for the rest of the year. But this week, we really want to focus on two things. First one being ad blocking and the second being messaging. So... Now, ad blocking is something that we've seen with the advent of, obviously, lots of advertising everywhere. And what's really interesting, we picked out of here how there's been such an increase. But what alarmed me from this um, graph that I can see is that almost like a very exponential increase in ad blocking on mobile devices, which I was really surprised with. And and you said there was a very good reason because I don't use any ad blocking, but you do. Right. So, so you don't, tell you, me. You don't use ad blocking at all on your mobile? No. And okay. I would say that I would be probably like most people. Okay. Isn't that funny? <laughs> we think most people are like ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, what I will say, it's not on this particular slide that we're sharing, but uh, I've seen other stats where it says ad blocking is much higher in Asian countries than it is in really? uh, the US oh, or Australia. Okay. Yeah, so there is that distinction. So it probably isn't as high in Australia, definitely. But what this slide's actually showing is the, the, the increase in mobile over desktop. So Correct. desktop's just kind of... Uh, on a slight in, increase. On, a, on an increase, whereas mobile's really taking off. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons for this, well, for me, for example, when I added it, was because in iOS 9 on, on the iPhone, when yep. that came out, they added uh, ad blocking as kind of a... It was almost a feature that Correct. promoted it. Yes. There are all these ad blockers on the app, uh, app stores, very easy to add. So I, of course, just added one. Yeah. Oh, I tried many of them. A lot of them were free. Why not turn it on and, yeah. you know, block ads? And I think a lot of the reason that people are doing it is not necessarily that they don't like ads. It's yeah. that they don't like the performance hit. Yes. So ads were shown to really take ad 10, 20 yes. seconds to load time of a website. So people really dislike them for yep. that reason, as opposed to they just don't like the ad. Yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. are kind of happy to see the ad if it doesn't affect other performance. But yeah, that's what we're seeing on mobile. And I guess the point about this, the reason we're raising it in the show, is because if you're relying on mobile advertising, especially on Google yes. or anything browser-based, then that is rapidly eroding. The amount of impressions that you can get is mm. dropping down. And so you need to be looking at other channels. Yeah, and yeah, I think what's interesting that you picked up is that ads within the Facebook app cannot be blocked, right? So Well, that's right. Any in-app experience, it's hard yes. for an ad blocker to impact that. But if you're looking at Facebook... On your browser. On your browser, on your, on phone, your phone, then yeah, of course you can. Not that many people would. They'd use the app. But yeah, it's really looking about your, at your different advertising channels. And as you said at the start of the show, we love Facebook, right? That's where we're pushing a lot of the ad budget these days. And this is another reason why it's actually going to be more effective for you. 
All right, and now on to the second trend, which is to do with messaging. And messaging is, I was, I was amazed by this uh, graph, is how quickly messaging is growing. Now, one of the things I picked up from there is obviously the rapid growth, but the leaders in the space being WhatsApp, Facebook, Messenger, and WeChat. And that kind of surprised me a bit because WhatsApp is actually owned by Facebook and there's Facebook Messenger and then there's WeChat. So WeChat's uh, mainly used in the on the Chinese population as far as I can understand. But WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger is pretty widely used amongst. And what was after WeChat? Instagram, yes. another Facebook property, yes. But what's interesting there is, would you consider that a chat, a messenger application? I know. I, I, I think it is like that's how people interact. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't have said it's a messaging app. Although you can, you can direct message, of course, exactly. on Instagram now. They did add that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of the things that was interesting, that's not on this graph that I picked up. And I picked this up purely because I was listening to the Worldwide Developer Conference that Apple just held mm-hmm. this week. And they were talking about the changes to iMessage and how it's going to be an open platform so people can connect to it. They're changing the kinds of messages people can say. But, you know, machine learning about messages and how to interact, about emojis and so on. So, like, that's just going to change everything there. But it's not featured on here for an obvious reason being Apple doesn't share those um, stats. Well, well, they do limit the stats, but it, it is a strange omission because it must be hundreds of millions of users that are messaging. That's with exactly it. right. Just think about the number of iPhones that are sold globally and then see what happens with messaging. So I think the key, and, and I think you asked me, like, why would you use WhatsApp or iMessage? And the reason is, is that WhatsApp goes on many different platforms. It works on an Android device. It works on a Windows device. It now even works on your computer. So it's it's a cross-platform thing, whereas iMessage is obviously Apple-based. So you've right. got to have an iPhone, an iPad, mm. a Mac, you know, to, to sure. use that. It was, it was interesting that one of the rumors leading into the Apple conference uh, this week was that they might announce iMessage over on Android. I don't, I don't think they did. As no, well. they there did There wasn't any announcement. But, yeah, I guess that's the next obvious, well, opportunity for them, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Maybe the fact that it's Apple only is actually there differentiation in some ways but yeah that's right but it's still missing and even if it's only apple it still must be a many hundreds of millions of users so it is it is should be part of the mix I'd yeah imagine. now i did a little addition here on, off that graph and <laughs> which was really interesting on that next slide you'll see it says on a monthly basis right there were 1.8 billion active users if i combine whatsapp and Facebook Messenger. So that this is Facebook-owned properties, and I'm sure if I include Instagram, it'll be even more. Right, but I wonder how many of them are common across. Well, that's right. So, so what's interesting is this, the reach on these platforms and the diversity is, is amazing. So what I wanted to put out there was like, we talked about Facebook Messenger last week and about using that in your business, integrating onto your website and using yeah, that as right. a channel to get to people. How do you use WhatsApp in your business? Is that another channel that you could be getting used to or thinking about how can we actually communicate with customers this way or giving it as another option for people to communicate to you? Yeah, Just so like you give your phone number, does WhatsApp become another way that people will say, hey, I can contact this person on WhatsApp and start the conversation? 
It's a good question, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm struggling with this, thinking through where it actually fits in a marketing perspective, uh, especially in B2B yes. technology. And yeah. I guess where we're leaning, and we were chatting about this before the show, is just really, I wonder if it's not so much about leads, but it's more about customers. And I think if we think back to when we were in, inbound last year, yes. and all the, all the group organization was done via WhatsApp, it was a WhatsApp um, yeah, chat. Yeah, and it worked really well. Yeah, and that's because we were all well customers in a sense we're paid to go to conference and therefore we're included in a group and i wonder if that's really where businesses should be looking at with it's more around customers rather than leads so if you're organizing event a user group some kind of function for your customers that's a way of keeping them in touch i wonder if that's where messaging is a is a better fit than trying to think about it as purely a uh, an anonymous or a lead gen uh, channel correct I, I tend to agree with that, especially with WhatsApp. So in our app of the week, I, I chose WhatsApp <laughs> for obvious reasons. And I put in there, it's, a, it's really, what do they say what, what WhatsApp is? It's simple, it's personal, it's real-time messaging, right? And there's a link to the desktop app as well, which I have just downloaded and just tried. So that connects via your phone to, to do the messaging. It's not independent. How can we use WhatsApp? So I was thinking in a context of how is this applicable in a business sense? You just used a great example about inbound, but let's say you have a group of people that are all using HubSpot, right? So they're they're the actual HubSpot users. So you could create a channel that where you keep a channel open where people can ask questions about things that they need to figure out in a support sense. And you can respond. So everybody gets to be a part of the conversation, they can put screenshots on. They can record audio and send it. So you know, if they don't want to, don't want to type it out, they can record that. And I think that that's another channel that you can use. But you can make that as a inclusive group. So just like you have a group on Facebook, you could have a messenger group which talks to these customers. And so you could do that anywhere you choose. The only thing I can see here is that that's tied to that one person or the admin that runs that group. So it can't be handed off to somebody else or you can't have multiple admins. You can actually have multiple admins or you can pass the admin over, but that's where it's going to stop. You're going to be on that device on your computer, right? So that's the thing to know. But I think it's a great way to stay connected and to always be passing information. All right. So let me put this to you because when we were planning this in the show, I was saying, look, I actually don't really use WhatsApp. So yes. I was, whereas you use it a lot. Yes, I do. So let me ask you now, because the obvious, the obvious jump from what you just said is we should have a HubShots WhatsApp chat, right? Yes. Would that fit? Like where we kind of say to our listeners, we have a Hub, uh, HubShots chat channel in WhatsApp and we just send updates. We don't spam or something like that, but it's yeah. just around keeping people up to date. So if you're a listener to the show, you want to be notified of the next episode going like, would that be a good use of the app? I'm not sure. I think I'm so. asking like, you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got somebody that listens to our show that I met at Inbound okay. that messages me on WhatsApp and encourages me on stuff that goes on in the show. So when I've told you about stuff before, it's actually somebody on WhatsApp telling me. Okay. So, yeah, you know, maybe that is a way we could build a build a community on WhatsApp. Let's give it a go. We could give it a go because, for sure. Because what do we always say, Ian? <laughs> Test and measure. That's right. right. Okay. So we're going to be starting our WhatsApp HubShots group. There you go. It may be short-lived, but we'll give it a go. <laughs> Test and measure. Well, you know, this could be the lead up to Inbound, right? Okay, Where yeah. we, we have this group, and then when we get to Inbound, we kind of all know each other, and then we get to meet, meet one another and... 
share some experiences together. I like it. All right, now, Craig, introducing a new thing for this week, which is uh, like the quote of the week. Quote of the week, I love it. Now, this is from Gary Vaynerchuk, or Gary V, as we know him famously, and he says, effort is grossly underrated. Well, there's a quote. It is. Now, I, I encourage you all to think about that. Like, nothing... I know, like, everything we do takes hard work. We've discussed a lot about how we grow this podcast and what we do. And even just doing that on a weekly basis has been a lot of effort for you, for me, for people in our teams, people that support us, like Chris, who does the editing. And I think that's fantastic. But I think there's a very poignant uh, quote for us to remember. Well, the thing about Gary is he works really hard. Yes. And I like that. There's no magic formula, no silver bullet. What's another cliche or quote I can use there? But yeah, there's just he he work he yeah he walks the talk. There you go, and added another one in there. That's but right. He, yeah, he works really hard, and yeah. he and he's reaping the rewards of it. And that's why I'm actually really glad he's talking at Inbound as yes. well. Looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. All right, and now our final thought is always remember to test and measure because that is very important in everything that you do. Um, because, you know, things are vying for your attention. So make sure you've got the right channel and you're testing and measuring and making sure you're getting ROI out of that channel and you have a clear goal about what you want to achieve. Absolutely. And Craig, here ended the episode. We'd love, we'd love feedback from people. So we'd love to hear feedback. Please leave us a review on iTunes. We would also love to hear any feedback you have in terms of the way the show is laid out. If you would like to hear us add anything in there, we would love to hear from you. And until next week, Craig. I'll see you then, Ian. Have a great week. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.